0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air. It's time for Talking Otago with ORC. And today we're talking Wilding Pines. The Ministry for Primary Industries earlier this month announced that the Wilding Pine Network Conference uh, that $7 million of funding from the Department of Conservation is being added to the National Programme for Wilding Conifers for the current financial year. Uh, Joining us on the line to talk about the implications of that, RIC Chair uh, Gretchen Robertson. Gretchen, moreno, good to have you with us.
1: God, it's great to be here.
0: You had said, Gretchen, that... um, Government funding for wilding pine programs across the country was under threat. Uh, how do you take this news?
1: Yeah, look, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. as a short-term one that's going to help us maintain some momentum. So, yeah, it's really positive and just, you know, reaffirms the fantastic and actually effective work that's going on. But yeah, um government has been contributing um twenty-five million per year through jobs for nature across um the country and that sits alongside a number of other contributions such as the ORC um, and huge volunteer contributions. So yeah, there's been a heap of momentum built up, but unfortunately that larger pool of money, the twenty five million per year across New Zealand, actually ends in twenty twenty four reduces to 10 million so yeah that's only going to control 42 percent of the um, national infestation and the rest is likely to regrow and spread so the extra 7 million is for this year and just helps us get some momentum going but yeah there's a bit of a bigger picture problem as well.
0: So what will it mean for the programs that are in place through the targeted regional council around this at the moment?
1: Yeah, um, we're yet to find out how much will be allocated to each region from that 7 million. There's about 36 management units across the country. Um, uh, And just to give you an idea, the money was likely to be allocated across 24 of those high priority ones. So um, we're thinking that a lot will go to the South Island, but these wild and pines um, are right throughout the country from Northland to Southland. Uh, So, yeah, there'll be a national spread of that funding.
0: How bad is the wilding pine problem across Otago?
1: Yeah, look, Otago has been assessed as having the most wilding-prone land in the country by a long way. Uh, It's estimated that currently 8.4 of Otago's land area, so about 295,000 hectares or more, is actually affected by wilding pines. And, um, yeah, about 70% of Otago is assessed as being very highly vulnerable to future infestations. So it's a big current problem, but it could be a much, much bigger, uh, larger problem.
0: And what do those problems, these infestations, cause?
1: Yeah, um, like I said, um, they can occur pretty much anywhere. They do occur from Northland to Southland, mountains to sea. Uh, And the fact that they are called wilding, um, to be termed wilding, you have to be able to outcompete the native vegetation. So they can go into existing areas uh, and basically just take over. So when they're doing that, uh, they're affecting about five things. Uh, Firstly, being biodiversity. So... And they're not just out competing the tussocks; they can go into areas of, um, say, kanuka or even finding beech trees and um, shade out those areas as well. And when they're doing that, they're taking out important and sometimes pretty rare insect and lizard habitats. So, are really special native species. Also, um, they suck up water. So um, they can reduce water flows um, from important streams and rivers. That affects things that we all care about, like waterholes and fishing spots. They also um, increase fire risk, and we've seen some of that happening across um, the country. But as climate change um, amps up, that becomes even more of a problem, and with denser urban dwellings in those um, dry inland areas. Uh, yeah, real concern. Primary production too. Obviously, we have a pasture-based agricultural system in New Zealand, and especially in these watershore areas. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not farming wilding trees, which have no commercial value. We're um, yeah, we're that's not the type of primary production that we're looking for. Landscape values, obviously, is a massive one. Uh, yeah, I mean. Imagine the Crown Range or the Lindus Path absolutely covered in trees and, um, yeah, just uh, a lot different from our open tussock grassland um, landscapes that we all love.
0: Mm. So who, Gretchen, is the Otago Regional Council working with on this problem around the region?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's some amazing on-the-ground, often volunteer groups, in that wilding control space. So there's three in Otago at the moment that are particularly noteworthy. Um, Central Otago Wilding Conifer Group, Wakatipu Wilding Conifer Control Group, and then there's a new one recently forming up around the Wanaka area called the Upper Clutha Wilding Tree Group. So yeah, I can't speak highly enough about partnering with these groups. I've got the experience, I've got the on the ground knowledge, and they have got the will to get in there, get stuck in, and make huge progress. They have got rid of tens of thousands of these unwanted trees. And I guess the other important thing to note is that um, the national programme is pretty special in its collaborative nature. So, um, yeah, to manage to get together, iwi, forestry, agriculture, conservation groups, regional councils, DOC, and MPI, that's quite a you know unusual um, grouping to get manage to get working together. It doesn't just happen overnight, and that's why we're so keen to maintain the current momentum.
0: Gretchen, what has MPI said about how it will prioritise the funding for the regions?
1: Yeah, um, it, it said that it's going to be looking at three factors that are all um, taken into account. So the types of wilding species most likely to spread, we've got a lot of them in Otago, the vulnerability, we're the most vulnerable uh, region, as I said, and um, then the cost benefit. so the bang for buck of getting stuck in. So yeah, those are probably the factors that we're looking
0: at. And, I mean, what do you do from here? Is there any room for some advocacy around this from the Targa Regional Council's perspective to try and um, you know, influence the way the decisions are made around prioritising of the funds?
1: Yeah, um, we're doing as much as we can. Um, yeah, you just mentioned before that we um, had the National Wild and Conifer Conference in Queenstown, so that was fantastic. We managed to get officials out and having a look around our area. Um, I'm doing my bit as well, talking to you. And um, yeah, just that we know that this makes sense. Um, I think there's a 34 to 1 cost-benefit ratio of controlling these versus, you know, not doing that. So it's such a win-win. We're looking for a decade of commitment from the government. This isn't an endless government um, pit. If uh, an annual contribution of $25 across all of New Zealand is made, that will preserve our current gains and eliminate regrowth. But um, it'll also get the wild and pine uh, situation under control so that landowners can continue to deal with them at a manageable level. So, yeah, that's the aim. So that, um, therefore... We don't all need to be throwing in ratepayers and um, taxpayers' money because the problem's totally solvable. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at.
0: Do you have any idea of a time frame around when you'll hear more from MPI?
1: Um, Not sure at the moment, but because the money is for this financial year, we're hoping it's really, really soon.
0: All right. Well, we will keep our finger on the pulse on that. Great to catch up with you about that. Gretchen Robertson, the Targo Regional Council Chair, joining us to talk about uh, the wider issue of control of wilding pines in the region and some recent decisions about funding on that. Gretchen, thanks for joining us on the show. We look forward to catching up with you again further down the track. Thanks so much. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.